0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host this week, Carl Ulrich. I'm Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, where I teach entrepreneurship, innovation, as well as product design. This week, we've got a really interesting show. We're interviewing eight of the semifinalists in the Penn Wharton Entrepreneurship Startup Showcase and Startup Challenge. And these are student entrepreneurs who are any student at the University of Pennsylvania may participate, but they're doing real things. And and many of our past winners of Many of the past participants in the Startup Challenge have gone on to create important and interesting companies. So this is real stuff, and it's it's really interesting because we get to see these companies right at their birth. It's a huge pleasure to have these guests in the studio today. So I'm very lucky to be joined now by Michael Wong, who is the founder of InstaHub. Michael, thanks for coming in.
1: Thank you for having me here today.
0: All right. So the way I want to... First things first, let's just point our listeners to your website. It's getinstahub.com, getinstahub.com. Michael, give us the elevator pitch for Instahub.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Our vision is to simply simplify automation with snap-on solutions to help automate energy
0: savings. Okay. And... I think we probably need just another sentence on what snap-on means and how you do that. So describe the product for us.
1: So um, our product is a motion sensing device that goes on top of a light switch and it mechanically flips the switch for you. So imagine a mini robot on top of a light switch. Mm -hmm. You do not have to pull anything out of the wall or hire an electrician to rewire any systems. Mm
0: -hmm. And how exactly does
1: it work? So it, had, it has multiple sensors, um, so uh, maybe like a radar, um, PIR sensor, to, and it works with smart algorithm to really understand presence within um, space so that it doesn't turn off on you when you're still in the room, and it should turn off
0: right when you leave the room. Mm-hmm. And um, wh- what does the, t- you said Snap-on, so say a little bit more about how I install it or how it's installed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, currently it's battery powered. Um, we're moving into a version where it's batteryless version. Mm-hmm. Um, you simply remove two screws from your faceplate mm-hmm. and snap our system in place. Um, there are two prongs um, that would uh, make contact, direct contact with the screws that is live. But you do not um, need to re- shut down
0: your power. I see. It. So it snaps it essentially snaps onto the conventional toggle switch that's in the box. And in doing so makes contact with the with the two the two screws on that yep. on that switch. Exactly. All right. Now, let me ask a dumb question. Well, actually I, I think I answered my own question. One side of that switch has to be hot, right? And so you have power available in the switch. And so in the eventual commercial product, you'll be able to derive some power from the switch. Is yep. that right? That's correct. Okay. All right. So who's the target customer for this product?
1: Currently, we're targeting small to medium-sized Class B commercial buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, Majority of commercial buildings are Class B where they're ready for um, operational efficiency. Mm -hmm. And um, generally, um, less than 20% of commercial buildings have occupancy sensors. And the main issue is because of financial and logistical hurdles. Um, So it's very expensive to hire electricians or contractors to come in. The most important part is the logistical aspect. You Mm -hmm. have to go through paperworks multiple departments and figure out when to, when to shut down the the building or floor um, to be able to come in to really just rewire your traditional sensors.
0: Yeah. And and so that's on the installation side give, give us a sense of how big a problem this is and what kind of opportunity it is for the building owner and for society. Yeah.
1: yeah. So for uh, for society in all um, it's a 25 billion dollar electric waste every single year in the US. Just for not turning off the lights when we don't need them, in a building, um, we're looking between ten to twenty thousand dollars in annual savings um, depending on the number of rooms, type of bulbs, and the occupancy habit
0: mm-hmm. and so and the the alternative solution for them actually let me back up and say, is it is it the case that all new construction would would have? occupancy sensors in is that a code requirement now or or it would just be an obvious thing for an owner to do it's it's both
1: um there's new code requirements requiring them to uh, install occupancy sensors Mm -hmm. um per square uh, for 500 square footage Mm -hmm.
0: and and so this would be a retrofit Yes, and it would be an owner a sort of do-it-yourself retrofit or at least the the maintenance guy wouldn't require an electrician or electrical crew to come in exactly okay Um, michael where'd this idea come from
1: So, um, this was back in freshman year when I was just walking back um, to my room really late at night and realizing a pattern that many lights are still on at maybe even 4 or 5 a.m. in the Mm -hmm. morning. And I was just wondering, and I suddenly realized that there are a lot of reminder notes to tell us to turn off the lights when we're the last person in the room to conserve energy, but a lot of people ignore them, and I know that changing behavior is very um, difficult, Um, so that just really sparked in during freshman year of summer
0: yeah and what year are you in now
1: uh, i am senior and what are you studying um so i'm in wharton studying finance entrepreneurial management and marketing operations
0: all right so uh michael i wouldn't i wouldn't think of a wharton finance major taking on this project so uh what didn't you know when you were a freshman and what have you learned and how have you ha- figured out how to get this done
1: yeah what didn't I know? Oh, well, that's
0: sort of a big question, I know.
1: Yeah, yeah there's still a lot I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, supply chain side, I'm still learning a little bit more about that. Um, I mean, the basic con- uh, finance concepts, I, I've taken uh, multiple classes to learn about um, what that entailed, and it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I was very passionate about entrepreneurship from the start mm-hmm. and just pursued it.
0: But But this is not – this is actually a – you know, you're not, you're not going to Mars, but it's still a technical, it's a technical problem. I mean, designing one of these. So, so how, t- t- tell us how you went about that. Cause I, I get this question a lot. I'm a, you know, somebody says, Hey, I'm, I got this idea, um, but I don't I know how to do it, how to, how to build it. So how did you go about it? And what advice would you give someone who has an idea, but it involves some technology? Mm,
1: yeah. yeah. So I'm really passionate about technology mm-hmm. and hardware, um, I ended up taking a couple of physics and engineering classes, mm-hmm. so that gave me a little help in understanding some basic concepts. But I really just asked a lot of questions around uh, with professors, my friends, and just you know sharing the idea. And someone said, hey, maybe you could try that, and uh, maybe I could help you prototype this. Mm-hmm. Um, so my advice would be don't be afraid to share your ideas. Um, you should really just test it out and ask people, especially on a technical aspect. Um I, I mean, I don't design the, the PCBs mm-hmm. or I don't, you know, That's design the circuit board. The yeah. circuit board, exactly. Yeah. Um but you know, being able to talk to multiple people um and get their insights, mm-hmm. that was super helpful. Yeah.
0: I, I seem to remember you took what course was it? It was a course somehow related to product design.
1: Yeah, no, it was exactly product design. <laughs> uh with
0: you last time. Oh, last it was year. with me. Yes, oh yes, funny yes. you should mention that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so I, I guess I would generalize that a little bit to be to say I mean, in fact, what I tell most of those people is, you know, what's what's holding you up Go ahead and make a prototype or, you know, even if it's if it's cardboard and duct tape. And one of the myths that I think people have in society have is that you learn how to do engineering in engineering school. And It's not clear that you, I mean, I'm trained as an engineer, but most of what you learn in engineering school is pretty theoretical. And so it's actually as it building stuff is a little more accessible than most people think it is and so i encourage them just to get started and that also gives you a something to show people and get them to react to and also a way to solicit some help is if you've at least taken a stab at it yourself
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I actually uh, made it out uh, the first type of model. It was out of cardboard boxes mm-hmm. and some magnets mm-hmm. and then just made holes in, inside um, and then just showed it to people and said, what do you think of this? Look, this is how it snaps onto a right. light switch. Can you imagine this automating your lights, like physically flipping your switch? And getting initial feedback was helpful, um, especially when they asked about the the aesthetics, the, the size, and um, what it's made out of. Um, and then I literally showed that to uh, my co-founders, and they prototyped something within a few days after.
0: Yeah, you know, that's often a, a good strategy. You show your, your first attempt to somebody who really has skills, and they're just pulled in. They're like, oh, I can do better. You know, I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell, Michael, one of the things I was impressed with when I learned about this project, I, I, um, I, I heard you give a pitch on a couple of days ago, and was the trial you've run with the University of Pennsylvania. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're very fortunate to have um, received the Penn uh, Green Fund, which was initial capital to be able to help us get the equipments and components to be able to build multiple devices. Um, we're partnered with Warden Operations, um, and we have these devices in their office spaces, actually. So the people who's running these. Um, Wharton Buildings are actually using our devices and initially we got a lot of good feedback about the aesthetics, the battery life, the um, algorithm, how often it turned off on them and today um, it doesn't turn off on them um, as it did before. So um, we improved our algorithm by understanding occupancy trends and the Mm -hmm. rate and um, without that I think it would have been much more difficult to be able to um, optimize our product.
0: So. Uh, that's awesome and, and it and it's one of the I mean universities can be pretty friendly places and it and I think I find the staff to be particularly open to getting involved with students so that's it's it's a nice place to try out ideas uh, tell us a little bit about what the plan is what you do next year so you're junior so you got one more year
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, the big next step would be um, piloting with the city of philadelphia mm-hmm. um, so we got an agreement to um, pilot in one to two mu- municipal buildings and we recently got into the um, NextFab rapid hardware accelerator mm-hmm. which will really help us bring our current prototype into near a finished product so then we could you know produce maybe 50 to 100 of these to do a full-on pilot um, to, to really prove it out
0: yeah, I would say that's that's a fairly common pathway for hardware entrepreneurs. You get you get something going, maybe get a little evidence, and then there are quite a few hardware-based accelerators out in various places, and they can really lend some tremendous resources and expertise to get it to the next level. Um, Michael, well, it's it's terrific and. I'm very excited to see the progress. I've been watching this project for a couple of years now. It's very exciting to see the progress. And uh, good luck week after next. And thanks so much for coming in. Thank you so much. All right. So for more information about InstaHub, you can go to getinstahub.com. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.